welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's stand to our feet for Lee. Good on Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So um, I wasn't going to start the message today like this, but um, for various reasons I am. All week has been hard for me. This whole week's been really hard. It's been hard because I was comparing myself to Justin. And I've never done that because that's stupid. We're so different. But all week in preparing and praying and processing and talking with the Lord, I was comparing myself. Justin preached the last two weeks and it was phenomenal. Like the messages were just, whew. And if you missed them, you get emailed the messages every week. And if you don't get emailed the messages, it's because we don't have your email address. <laughs> and go on the QR code now and type it in. But the last couple of weeks have been phenomenal. And in my preparing, in my talking with Holy Spirit and talking with the Lord, I'm comparing myself. I don't preach like that. I don't quote as many scriptures offhand as Justin. I don't teach as well as Justin. I don't come across as clearly as Justin. I don't, and I went into a bit of a spiral of me comparing myself to Justin. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Yes. Comparison is the worst. It gets you nowhere. It takes your eyes off God and onto other people. It takes your eyes off what the Lord is doing on your life and you're comparing it to what God is doing in other people's lives. It takes your eyes off what He wants to do in you and puts all the focus on what's going on in other people. Comparison is about the worst thing we go through and it's prevalent in today's society. And this week I copped it. And I wasn't going to share because I, in my head, went, all right, to preach a good message, I've got to get straight in the point, make my messages, go straight in, don't talk stories, don't talk fluff and waffle and yada, yada, and get straight into it. And then Stockman messaged us this morning. And for those that don't know Justin and Jen Stockman, they're very good friends of ours. They've been to our church many times. They're in Atlanta, Georgia. And they're amongst my favourite human beings, honestly. Love them to pieces. And Justin hasn't messaged both of us in years he'll message one and general message one but we got a joint message this morning and I woke up during the night Jude woke me up during the night and I saw a text message and it was a American number and I opened it up and I'm just going to read it Justin mentioned it but I just want to read it Uh, Praying for you guys. Lord, I thank you that you are going to show up in incredible ways. Let your presence come in and touch the hearts of their community. I ask for extraordinary levels of peace within your presence. Father, as they wake up this morning, I release grace for the preaching of the word. I thank you that your peace will fall like lightning in the community and rest on people. And he goes on to speak about praying to unity and praying to other things. And I just felt like God was seeing me in that moment. He was seeing me in that moment. Justin could have messaged us any time of the week, any Sunday morning, any time, but it happened to be this week that I still this morning hadn't completed a sermon because I was battling with comparison. That I still this morning was getting up here, I set my, my alarm, I'm getting up here at seven, so I've got three hours to go over this message so I can have a great sermon that compares to Justin, is the same level as Justin, and this is my thought process. I'm just being honest, I'm not perfect. 
And I wake up this morning to a message that says, you know, that you preach, that the sermon's going to be amazing, that the presence is going to be phenomenal, that lightning's going to come like peace. And immediately I went, you idiotly. (laughs) Seriously, this is God's church. This is His church. It doesn't matter what I preach because God will use any word and speak to your life. I remember one Sunday, Justin and I were talking. I said, this was your message. He's like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, what do you mean? That's what you spoke about? No, I didn't. God took one sentence that Justin said and spoke to me an entire message that wasn't the main theme of the sermon, but it was the main theme that God wanted highlighted in my life that morning. And so God will take anything that I say this morning and make it the highlight and the theme and speak to you through that because that's who he is and that's how good he is. And that's, it's good. So I was going to recap and I'm not going to. Just go listen to the sermons yourself and I'm going to springboard off that. Vaccinations. I was waiting for that. Now, this is Lee's, I'm not medically trained, so this is Lee's summary of a vaccination. It is a small dose of the real thing to make you immune to the real thing. Is that accurate? In its shortest, most simplest form. And a vaccination is they give you a dose of something to make you immune to prevent you from getting the actual thing that they're preventing. (sighs) Wait for it. The presence of God. Let's not become immune in our small dosages that we're immune to the real thing. I don't know about you, but I've experienced dosages of God's presence in services, in meetings, in quiet times. I've even sat during sermons and the preacher's preaching a great message and God, I hear the voice of the Lord say, I love you. And I immediately stop listening to the sermon. I have no idea what's happening in the room and I'm in the presence of God, in fellowship with Him, seeing Him in that moment. We have small moments that should bring us to a reality of what every day should be and not make us immune to what our walk with the Lord should be. So the presence of God is what we've been talking about. Let's not go over the small injections, yeah? Let's not go after the, oh, when this speaker comes, they carry something, God's presence is going to show up. Or when I catch up with this person, they're great at prayer, I'll get them to pray and impart and then God will show up. Let's not go after the small glimpses in seeing God and boxing Him into when His presence can show up. But let's go, all right, God, I want the whole dosage. I don't want the vaccination. I don't want the small. I want the whole dosage. I want you to flood me with your presence every day, all day. So we've been talking about the presence. And I feel like you can't start here. We have to start with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve walked with the Lord. They walked with God in the garden. They talked with God in the garden. 
Before that, I shared with you on Friday night just a thought that I had during the week. God says in Genesis 1, let us make man in our image, male and female, he made in his image. We are made in God's image. Just a a little side note, that means when we pray and when we talk, it's not like a dog talking to a cat where they're in disconnect and they speak different languages. We are made in the image of God, meaning we can have connection with Him. We can hear Him. We can understand Him. He can hear and understand us. It's not two foreign entities trying to make it work and trying to figure it out. We are made in His image. So we can have relationship with Him. Made in His image, we're a representative figure. We resemble Him. So Adam and Eve walked in the garden, walking and talking with the Lord. And God made them, gave them authority and made them partners. They were His partner in it. God could have had authority and done it all Himself, but He chose to work through Adam and Eve. He chose to partner with Adam and Eve. He chose to do life with Adam and Eve. So here's Adam and Eve partnering with God, having authority, doing their thing. We're going to talk more about that soon, but they're they're doing their thing with God face to face, in connection, in manifest presence. They're in the garden, nothing in the way, complete freedom, complete freedom, no comparison, complete freedom in the garden, in the presence of the Lord. And then chapter three, it says, I'm going to read it. I left my Bible at home. How embarrassing. Genesis 3.8, And so they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. You know what presence is in Hebrew? Same word, face. Same word. They hid themselves from the face of the Lord. They hid themselves. They could see God. We can't, we die if we do see, literal see, like I can see Justin, we can't, but they could. They saw him, they saw his face. They walked in the garden in complete union and fellowship with the Father, in partnership with him, made in his image, talking with him. They saw his face. I try my hardest as a mother that when Bella and Jude talk to me, I hop down on their level so we see each other's face. It's a bit annoying sometimes, constantly getting down. I'm 40 next month, you know, the legs aren't as good as what they were once. Because I want to see their face. So when we talk, we're talking together. We're talking together. So here's Adam and Eve talking with the Lord, talking with God. And then what do they do? We all know. They disobeyed. They disobeyed God. And they partnered with the devil. They obeyed the devil. They said yes to the devil, yes to the enemy. So they go from this relationship, face, encounter, presence, to saying no to that and yes to that. And we know the story. 
they get kicked out. And God's intent, God's design of presence, God's design of relationships, God's design of connection is, is, is broken. Until we get to Jesus. God's not surprised by this. He knew it was going to happen and he had a plan in motion being Jesus. We could teach on that, not going to. Justin probably will one week. Jesus comes. Jesus restores. When Jesus restores, when God restores, he doesn't restore to the bare minimum. And he doesn't even restore to the status quo. He restores above and beyond what it was. Above and beyond. His restoration isn't a, just a thoughtless act. It is, in, it is on purpose and with ten, intention. He restores. So here we go, Adam and Eve. You go, how does that work? Here, here. Adam and Eve are walking in the garden with God. In his presence, manifest presence in the garden. Jesus came and restored. <laughs> and now what do we have? Within. Holy Spirit within. We are one with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So not are we walking with, but we are one. Not are we walking in the presence, but the presence is in us. He is around us as well. Don't get me wrong. He is in this room. He is with us. He goes around us. We sang it this morning. He goes before us, but He is also within us. Adam and Eve didn't have that. Jesus trumped what the first design was, so we had it better. So we have it greater. He restored it for us. Oh my goodness. So we could be free, so we could be in connection, so that we could. And then David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Justin taught on this. Ooh. You prepare a table before me. The word prepare means now. It's now, it's current. It's not in the future. So when we talk about this verse, we're not talking about the banquet in heaven for all of eternity. no. So if you were thinking that, Justin Lee just being, you know, a bit, no, because it's in the presence of my enemy. There is no enemy in heaven. So it's talking about right now. Right now, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So God is within, we are one, and He's opposite us. Justin, just sit there for a second. Tasha, you can come here. Here we go. Tash can be God. <laughs> Reason is because you can all now see God. There was plan to that. So now one, face seeing. Do we see God's face? I said no. Adam and Eve got to see His face. We don't see His face. But what does face represent? Presence. What does presence represent? Connection, intimacy, fellowship. When you look at someone's face, you are vulnerable. You don't be vulnerable with the back of someone's head. You don't build relationship with the back of someone's head. You are not vulnerable yelling across the room. Hey, Joanne, I had a crap week this week. You do it face to face. Face to face. So when we talk about face 
At the table, sorry, Justin's lost it. When we talk about face at the table, we're not talking about we physically see God, but we see His nature, your God. We see His nature, His character, who He is, who He sees we are. We see Him rightly. Not His face, but who He is. I'll check my notes here. Check this out. Jesh, can you just sit here for me? This is going to be great. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. When God restores. Sorry, Jesh. This point's a good one, though. Oh, you know I love you. This point is gold. The enemy was in the garden. The enemy was in the garden. Jesus restored. And Jesus restored in such a way. God restored in such a way. God said, enemy, you sit there and you watch this. You watch what my restoration power does. You watch what connection looks like. You watch what all powerful God can do and you can't. You watch. And not only are you watching what I can do and what I have done and what my power looks like and what I kicked you out of, not only will you watch me, but you get to watch this. God, I love you. God, I worship you. God, you are everything to me. The very thing you wanted, you now witness. Man made in my image doing to me. We need to understand this church. This table, this table, what this is talking about, the power that this is talking about is not some small, nice thing that Echo Church is doing this year. The power in this act, the power in these moments of seeing God rightly, of worshipping God rightly and doing it knowing that the enemy is suffering. We're sticking it to the enemy at the same time. What the enemy planned to steal, kill and destroy in the garden, God restored and said, watch this. You wanted worship. You wanted partnership. You wanted connection. But you've got nothing. You've got nothing. You've got nothing unless we partner. Unless we partner. He's got nothing unless we partner. Now, I'll be nice now for Jess, you're not the enemy anymore. (laughs) When you are doing this with someone, you're not looking at this, are you? When you were doing this, this all mounts to nothing. As long as you're here doing this, the enemy has no say, has no voice, has no voice. What is it? The verse. I wrote it down. Again, forgot my Bible. Romans. It's in Romans. Knew the verse. Didn't know where to find it. Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? The enemy is against us. That's who. 
But the enemy has no voice when we're with God. When our attention, our focus, our love and our worship is with God. So he's fully against. He's fully watching, fully against. But he fully has no authority, fully has no say, fully has no power unless we get up, take our eyes off God and choose to partner. You can take a seat. Even when I walk through the deepest, darkest, that was the passion translation of Psalm 23, deepest, darkest. I really liked that. Even when I walk through the deepest, darkest, do you know what I get to do? When you are going through your deepest, darkest, you know what you should be doing? You're at the table with God, worshipping, loving, seeing his nature, seeing his character, seeing who he is. Not taking our eyes off. This week, a song popped up out of nowhere on Surrey. And I've been singing it all week. You want to know what the lyrics are? (laughs) All of my life, in every season, you are still God. And I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. I didn't text Harsh to sing that song. All of my life, in every season... In the deepest, darkest, or the easiest, you are still God. And I am singing and I am worshipping because it's who you are. And how I get through those times is with him. It's with him. Not on my own. Not see you later table. I'll do this on my own. But with him. Singing. In front of the enemy. Matt 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Actually, I'm going to rewind. Hey, Mish. Wherever you are. Probably with Isla. Oh, there you are. I was going to say with Isla. No, there you are. Your song this morning, I couldn't help. Thank you for your vulnerability in front of the church, by the way. That takes guts. Thank you. Can I just pull out some of the lyrics of that song? Your presence is enough. Your presence is enough. Your face is enough. Who you are is enough. Your nature is enough. When the wind blew, I was okay. You were right there in every step I take. He's there with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I know that's a verse. So when we talk about the deepest, darkest, and we walk through it, we don't stay we walk through it, so you just got to picture the table moving along through it with you. 
I will fear no evil because you are with me, because you're my shepherd, because it's who you are. It's your nature. So when we go seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything will be given unto you. It's so easy to go with the everything. Sorry, it's so easy for me (laughs) to try and fix the everything, solve the everything. That's my nature and personality. I just like to fix things. Isn't everyone like that? Like, yes, fix things. I'm smart. I've got good ideas. I can fix things. But seek first his kingdom. When we focus on him, we've talked about everything on the table is for us. Every promise, everything is. But let's not fix our eyes on everything, but fix our eyes on him, his kingdom. My, my children are very different. Mm, I'm going to finish up here. Yeah, Tasha and Jabba, keys. My children are very different. And I love them both unconditionally with my whole heart. And Jude at the moment would be more physical touch with me and Bella would be more quality time with me. And so like Jude, if we sit on the couch, we have to be touching. He's on my lap or arms or whatever. Bella, she'll sit at the other end of the couch. Occasionally, you know. Jude all the time. And Jude will give me like 10 hugs and kisses a day. Often it's when he's running between an activity. So Jude, are you getting dressed for breakfast? Kiss and hug and then keeps running. So it's like a moment. It's a beautiful moment, one that I cherish, but it's a moment. And he runs, does it. About 10 times a day, he'll do this. Even at bedtime when you're like, there's no task at hand, but yet he'll rush it. He won't not do it, but he'll do it fast. The other day I'm in the kitchen, probably cooking, and he runs up and he gives my hug, my legs, the biggest hug and lingers. He's not a lingerer, my son. And he lingers. Oh, my heart. My mum's heart was, whoa. Jude, I came down on his level and he's giving me a hug. What's that for? I love you, Mum. Jude asks for help all the time. Mum, help me with my shoes. Mum, help me with my clothes. Mum, help me with my cleaning the room. Mum, help me with this, you know, whatever. All the time. Never ending. Mum, make this. Mum, do this. Mum, I'm hungry. And my unconditional love for him is always happy to do it. Sometimes I say, wait. Insta's more important. But the moments that he does it free will and lingers, wow. And in that moment, God's like, Lee, I'm the same. I love it when you talk and you're busy and you're doing your task and during your day, you talk to me. I love that. But I love it when you linger, when you just have no reason other than you love me, when you have no reason for this, 
You're not trying to get anything. You're not trying to rub the genie in a bottle. It's a different sermon, a different day. When you're not here just to receive, but you're actually here because you love. And I was challenged this week in amongst my comparison fiasco. Today, there's love for no other reason but because of the nature of God. For no other reason, because of who He is, not because of what He's done. And we love Him because of what He's done. But I want to encourage you today, throughout the day, this week, linger because you love Him. And you watch as you do that, everything else will disappear and work itself out. This will stand, church. So God, I thank you so much for this morning's service. I thank you so much for this two hour period. And we thank you, God, that this is not the highlight of our time with you. But tomorrow, we get to spend more time with you. And the next day, and the next day. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Jesus, for restoring what was broken. For restoring what was handed over and making it even better. I pray God that this week will be a week of intimacy, of connection, of being vulnerable with You, of seeing You rightly, of seeing Your nature and Your character and who You are, God. Not to receive anything, but just for You. So I thank You, God, for everyone in this room. For Your presence. For Your love. For Your peace. That we're experiencing it like a lightning bolt. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.